Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seen more health issues with the dog's joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. Now, my dog, Phoebe, is the queen of our house, and I can tell you that her health is extremely important to us. She is a part of our family. I watched the video, y'all, and I was amazed by the things I didn't know that could impact your dog's health. This 20-minute video is packed full of tips that I've already started with my dog, Phoebe. I'm noticing more energy, healthier skin and coat. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com RLRC and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com slash R-L-R-C. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will appoint one for you. Do you understand your rights? And the wolf is at your door. You running so This episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast may contain descriptions of acts of violence or that of a sexual nature and should be for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. I do not get the facts of these cases off of the internet or for some television show. The facts I'm retelling you were presented to me by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims. 
My descriptions of the crime scenes, what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hey, y'all, it's Jim Chapman. Woody is a bit under the weather today, and due to some voice issues, he was unable to record. But y'all know how Woody feels about his lifers, and he wanted to make sure you got your weekly dose of true crime. So... Woody thought you may enjoy listening to a podcast that I recently launched and host entitled Exposed, Scandalous Files of the Elite. Now, in this podcast, I cover the court files, in most cases, of what the general public might consider the more privileged in our society and the scandals that got them in jail or even killed. It's a more cinematic experience set with background music, much like Woody's Scorched Justice series. So here it is, the very first episode, episode one of a three-part series now available wherever you get your podcast, entitled Exposed, Scandalous Files of the Elite, Vince McMahon's Ownership of Janelle Grant. I hope you enjoy it. It's March of 2019, and for Janelle Grant, it's already been a tough year. After devoting around-the-clock caregiving to both of her parents, they both tragically pass away. Struggling financially and without a job, Janelle dedicates herself to finding gainful employment while volunteering her time in her community. A close friend reaches out to Vince McMahon, the billionaire owner of World Wrestling Entertainment. To Janelle's surprise, Mr. McMahon agreed to meet with Janelle at his penthouse apartment in Connecticut. The meeting went well, and Janelle was excited to work with the premier sports entertainment company, unaware that her start with WWE and Vince McMahon would also be the start of a nearly three-year nightmare filled with humiliation, forced sex, and fear. I'm your host, Jim Chapman, and welcome to Exposed, the scandalous files of the elite, Vince McMahon's ownership of Janelle Grant. So before we start, I want to give everybody a warning. Look, this is a graphic one. If foul language offends you, sexual situations offend you, turn this podcast off. It's not for you. This is a really graphic episode. It's also important to mention this is a lawsuit that has been filed by Janelle Grant, and it has not been adjudicated. Mr. McMahon has not been found guilty 
of anything. I'm going to give you the facts as they are laid out in the actual lawsuit that was filed January 25th of 2024, just a few days prior to this recording. I will tell you that all of the facts I'm about to give you as they are laid out by Janelle Grant are disturbing. This is probably one of the most graphic podcasts I've ever done. So we're going to start at the beginning of this saga, and it starts in March of 2019. Miss Grant was dealing with profound grief following the loss of her parents. She cared full-time for them. She was their sole caretaker. And after her family passed away, Miss Grant dedicated herself to finding gainful employment. During this time, Miss Grant often ran into Mr. McMahon, Vince McMahon, owner of WWE's, two personal assistants in her building, one of whom was a former grade school classmate of Miss Grant's. Miss Grant's closest friend in that building, y'all, was the resident manager. That individual, we'll refer to her as resident manager. They were similar in personality, and they kind of bonded over stories of adversity. During this time, they were very involved in community initiatives in that building together. And resident manager, she was aware Miss Grant was suffering financially and struggling, and she knew that Miss Grant was trying very hard to obtain employment. So in March of 2019, Miss Grant remained unsuccessful in securing that long-term employment, even though she was, you know, going out every day and she was hitting the streets and trying to get jobs. They just weren't prevalent at that time. And so resident manager, she offers to help Miss Grant and she suggests to her that, hey, I can reach out to Vince McMahon in case he could assist. You know, he might have something for you, a job for you with the WWE and the WWE was a and still is a huge giant company with you know thousands of employees and uh this resident manager happened to know Vince McMahon because he lived in the penthouse of the building and that was one of his many houses y'all but he had an apartment building the penthouse in this building that resident manager was in you know in charge of so resident manager reaches out and she texts Vince McMahon and she basically asked him if he'd be willing to speak with Miss Grant to provide some advice about employment. Really, she was wanting him to offer Miss Grant a job, but she didn't want to seem too pushy. So she said, hey, maybe you can help her just figure out what she's doing wrong and, and why she's not able to find a job. So Mr. McMahon responds, and he's enthusiastic, and he proposes times to meet with Miss Grant to discuss this employment. Mr. McMahon said, hey, send me your resume, and I'll you know look it over, and, and we can possibly meet. So resident manager does just that. She passes along Miss Grant's resume to McMahon, and McMahon sets up a meeting with resident manager to pass along to Miss Grant. So ahead of that meeting, resident manager tells Miss Grant to be as energetic as possible. McMahon is really big on energy. Uh, you know, he he loves people to come in and just uh, not be nervous and, you know, sitting in a chair. And obviously you're meeting with this, you're meeting with a legit billionaire. Of course you're going to be nervous. But she says, hey, don't let that eat you up. He loves energy. Be bubbly. So on 
or about March 23rd of 2019, Miss Grant arrives for the meeting in McMahon's condo, his penthouse suite there at that apartment. And she has, she brings along with her some additional printed copies of her resume. She had a black notepad and she had some thank you cookies, right? She's, thank you so much for meeting with me. I mean, this guy's a legit billionaire and the fact that he's even willing to meet with you to discuss a job personally is pretty big. And she felt very honored that he would do that. So she brings him some thank you cookies, which would make it, if that were me, and I'm far from a billionaire, y'all, but if that were me, that would make an impression. So they sit at his dining table and McMahon looks at Miss Grant's resume and he's very complimentary of that. He compliments her communication skills as they go through the meeting and even makes a reference that, you know, it's really nice. She has common sense. Uh, and then they kind of get into their personal lives a little bit. And some things that were said there, Miss Grant told McMahon about uh, the hardship she had that kind of led resident manager to reach out to Vince McMahon to to help her uh, by offering her a job. She describes losing her parents, her family's bankruptcy, and some other trauma that you know, led to her to say, I really need to find me a really good job and um, ensure that I don't go through losing a home again because she had always take, took taken care of her parents. So when their house got sold in bankruptcy, she lost her house too, right? So Vince McMahon, he's very receptive of this, and he shares some stories about his upbringing and his traumatic trial childhood, uh, growing up in poverty, uh, current family dynamics. And he, he mentions in there his separation from uh, Linda McMahon, uh, who is he described as his ex and even went as far to say she was long gone. He even added that his marital status is an arrangement on paper for business purposes and that he lives a quiet, isolated existence outside of what he does with WWE. So at the end of that meeting, McMahon tells Miss Grant that he didn't just want to give her a job, but give her a life and that he would find a place for her in WWE. Imagine that feeling, y'all. You've been looking for a job for a while. You're you're really struggling financially. You appear to be a really good person. Here's the owner of the largest sports entertainment uh, company in the in the world, and he's basically telling you you're hired. You know, obviously she's excited, uh, and she's actually a little bit stunned. And Miss Grant says that she didn't know how to thank him for possibly changing her life. McMahon responds that a simple thank you is enough and that he'd accept a hug. And they stood and they embrace. And McMahon tells Miss Grant that he'd get the ball rolling on the next steps. But it was a busy time of the year. WWE was preparing for WrestleMania, and he explained to her that that's like the WWE Super Bowl. That's how he described it, and I would agree with that. Uh, he then invites Miss Grant to attend WrestleMania as a guest, and he said, hey, bring along resident manager with you. And he even added that he would personally select their seats so they could have the best experience possible. So McMahon advised her that his office will reach out to her 
to set up a meeting with a trusted official. And it's referred to in the documents as WWE corporate officer number two at WWE headquarters. And after asking her if her cell was the best number to reach her, he shares his personal cell phone number with Miss Grant. He walks her to the door and get this. This is a grooming technique, y'all. He hugs her again and he whispers in her ear. So good. It's exactly what he said. So good. Now, why did he do that? Well, I would uh, submit to you that he was he was grooming her and he was trying to see what her reaction would be. Now, this is a soft whisper. This isn't, you know, when <laughs> imagine this, y'all, you're the owner of the WWE billionaire, Vince McMahon walks you to a door. And for those of you that aren't familiar with Vince McMahon uh, or vaguely familiar, even at his age, and this is back in 2019. He's he's uh, obviously older now, uh, being that it's 2024. But also, he's he's really kind of went down in the last couple of years in the in the health department. I guess you could say you can really see that age is kind of hitting him now. But back in 2019, he was built like a brick shit house, <laughs> to say the least. I mean, he looked like he was 40 muscle on top of muscle. He's a statuesque guy to begin with. A good-looking guy. Uh you know, not not someone that didn't take care of himself. He's got a ton of money. You're a single woman. But all of that, even taking into account all of that, Miss Grant had none of this on her mind. But he wanted to see, I'm I submit to you that he wanted to see what her reaction would be if she jumped back and she said, "Oh my god, that was slimy." Well, he would never take that any further, right? Well, of course she's not going to do that. She She's desperate for a job. I just painted you that picture. This this woman is desperate for a job. So even if it was somewhat off-putting to her, look, she needed a job. And, uh, and it, it, you know, that could just be kind of the way Vince McMahon is. So she didn't really respond to it. She just left. So on March 31st, 2019, the day before Miss Grant was scheduled to meet with WWE corporate officer number two, McMahon unexpectedly, kind of out of the blue, invites Miss Grant to come back to his condo. And he says, I'm going to give you some pointers on meeting corporate officer number two, right? He's going to kind of tell her how this guy is that she'll be meeting with. And how she should act, and he's going to help her out. Well, I submit to you another thing here. Vince McMahon owns the WWE. If he wanted her hired, she's hired, period. It wasn't even necessarily necessary that she meet with corporate officer number two. He could just hire her. I submit to you that he had already spoken to corporate officer number two, and this was a planned thing. And it was also a planned thing that he asked her to come back so he could, quote, unquote, give her tips on meeting with that corporate officer. He wanted her back in his condo, right? So she arrives, and McMahon gives a huge embrace to her when they walk into the room. 
and suggest that they sit on the couch. Now, it quickly became clear that McMahon had no intention on giving her pointers for an interview except for a single direction. And he basically told her if the topic comes up during the meeting, Miss Grant could just say they met through a mutual friend. She doesn't have to go into anything else. That was his statement to her. Here's that's a that's a grooming technique, y'all. He wants to see if she will lie for him. So during this particular meeting, McMahon describes a surgery he had on his knee, but he describes it by touching her leg. And then he kind of draws a line on her knee where the surgery had taken place with his finger. Now, imagine this, y'all. You're sitting uh, you're sitting on a couch and the owner of this company is taking his finger and basically tracing your knee with it. Uh, he stated that similar to rehabbing an injury, Miss Grant can't let scar tissue build up inside her from trauma. And he tells her her vulnerability is a gift. That's a grooming technique. Both of those things. Number one, if I'm drawing a line on your knee and you don't move my hand, you don't slap it away. You don't jump back. You don't look at me like it's cringy. Well, I'm seeing how far I can take that, right? So also, he he talks about her vulnerability being a gift. He's trying to appeal to her soft side. So McMahon also explains that people are intimidated around him and afraid to touch him. McMahon adds that he is an affectionate person and he likes to hug and stars for physical affection. He then takes Miss Grant and he kind of says, let me give you a tour of the condo. And they go all around this condo and he's he's trying to impress her. Y'all, that's what he's trying to do. And he hugs her goodbye and get this. When he hugs her, he whispers in her ear, feels so good. There it is, the second time. Feels so good. That's what he whispers in her ear, trying to see what her reaction is, seeing how much he can get away with, right? So she leaves, and on April 1st of 2019, Miss Grant does meet with corporate officer number two at WWE headquarters, and that is also located in Connecticut. And it was just a, a short meeting, and corporate officer number two, he barely asked her any questions. Essentially, he sits her down. He says, I'm trying to figure out where you're going to be placed. And then he promises that they, you know, that they'll be in touch after WrestleMania. So, like I told you, Vince McMahon's already talked to that guy. They're already planning on hiring her. He wanted corporate officer number two to see what she looked like. Vince McMahon's showing off his trophy right here, his next conquest if you would, to WWE corporate officer number two. So later that day, Miss Grant texts McMahon, and she's very enthusiastic, and she describes her meeting with that corporate officer, and she also commented on a dinosaur skull that she saw in McMahon's office wall. You know, just small talk during these texts. And look, already kind of inappropriate, right? They're having small talk through text. This guy owns the company. Uh, you know, kind of weird. He just met this person. It's not like they knew each other, but she comments on, you know, during this conversation about that dinosaur skull 
And McMahon's response is, by the way, if you're a bad girl, the T-Rex will eat you. Mm, Probably a little inappropriate, Vince. Then he says, seriously, Janelle, whenever you land in WWE, you will be a credit to the organization. And that was kind of their text back and forth to each other that day. Then on April 7th of 2019, Miss Grant and resident manager, her friend, were provided with a VIP experience at WrestleMania. Look, that's huge, y'all. You're talking about thousands of dollars worth of value on that. And it included private transportation and a black SUV. And that was all arranged by Vince personally. And per McMahon's instructions, Miss Grant, she took notes about her impressions from WrestleMania. So he tells her, look, when you're there, let me know what your thoughts are, how you enjoyed it, that kind of thing. That's not out of line. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, because it was her first time attending the event, and he was looking at that as an opportunity to get a view of WrestleMania for someone's eyes that may not be that much into wrestling. So Miss Grant, she kind of leaves, and she is just overwhelmed with emotion. WrestleMania is, is indeed the Super Bowl for them, and it is a huge production, and she's just blown away by all of this. And uh, she's feeling hopeful at this point that everything McMahon has told her about her, you know, possibly rising quick in the company and all those sorts of things was going to become a reality. So she's excited about her job, to say the least. So over the next several weeks, McMahon invites Miss Grant to his condo on several occasions. And each time he assures her, we're going to find the right position for you at WWE. Kind of each time that she meets with McMahon, Miss Grant brings sample job descriptions she finds online to review with him. Uh, and she she basically goes to the WWE hiring section of their website and she says oh i think i can do this job i think i can do this job any role that she felt like she could fit in and mcmahon listens to miss grant he asks her some questions and he kind of points out qualities that she has that he described as rare gifts he talks about her goodness he says she's very vivacious right he uses the term vivacious but she has a childlike innocence and the ability to be vulnerable. And while all those things are, are compliments, they also are things that if you're trying to groom somebody, you look at as easy targets, vulnerability, childlike innocence, those sort of things. And he also initiates long, you know, physical embraces with Miss Grant. So where these hug these hugs are basically getting longer and longer. And he tells her that he trusts her and that he can be himself around her and how he'd opened his home to her. And, you know, this is proof that I trust you, right? He keeps using the word trust. And there's a reason for that because he, he wants her to feel like anything she says that occurs with him uh, would be a total violation of that trust. And, and he, and, you know, in her, in her mind, he trusts me so much and I don't want to lose that. So during one visit to the condo in April of 2019, McMahon did not greet 
Miss Grant when she entered. Basically, she knocked on the door and he says, come in, right? And she walks in the door. She doesn't see him. And he calls her to his master walk-in closet. So he's got this big, giant closet in that condo. He says, hey, Janelle, I'm in here. And she walks in there. And as soon as she turned the corner, he kind of walks out of that walk-in closet. And he's wearing only his underwear. Only his briefs, y'all. Nothing else on. So as soon as she uh, turned that corner, he's standing there like that, basically. And she's shocked. So she turns around and she says, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I thought you said to come in here. And he kind of laughs and he says, turn back around. And he hands her a shirt and he asks her for help with the buttons. He is, again, seeing what her reaction would be. You notice that every time she's meeting with him, he's kind of taking it one step further. So she takes the shirt, and she she's helping him button it. She, I'm sure she thinks this is weird. Again, she's wanting this job, right? He's dangling this job out in front of her. So he reminds her that he was working hard on her role and said he felt good about her taking care of him around that time McMahon also tells miss grant that he would never forget how helpless she looked when they first met and that he wanted to wrap his arms around her and he assures her that everything's okay and that miss grant's problems were in the past and he also tells miss grant that he viewed her as a true friend y'all that is uh textbook grooming right there However, he does advise her during this particular uh, meeting that people at the WWE could never know about their closeness or else rumors were going to fly and threaten them. You know, they'll start talking about us and it'll hurt our friendship, basically, is what he's saying. And he says, you know, Miss Grant, you're a very beautiful woman. And if people know that we're close, they're going to automatically assume that something, some tomfoolery is going on, right? So uh, we never need to tell anyone about our relationship. So he also emphasized that the circumstances could jeopardize the company. You know, if if it gets around that uh, we have this relationship that you and I have, it could hurt the company as a whole, and we don't want to do that. But he he tells her, he says, look, I have an attorney on speed dial and he's the best of the best at at making problems, including people who become problems go away. So he phrases it as if, you know, people start causing problems with me and you. I can get rid of them. But that's not really the point he was trying to get across. He was trying to get across to her that he has attorneys on speed dial that can basically make you go away, meaning her. On April 21st of 2019, McMahon unexpectedly invites Grant to his condo to provide her with an update. So you notice he's he's just calling her out of a clear blue a lot and inviting her to his condo. And he says, Hey, come up here. I want to give you an update on her job. And upon her arrival, McMahon assures Miss Grant that he was a man of his word, that his office would be in touch with her soon for the right role. So you're, you're basically a month out uh, from that initial meeting. She still ain't got a job. 
But he tells her it's coming. It's coming. They're going to be in touch with me soon. And as soon as she turned to leave, get this, McMahon grabs a large black electric massager and he tells Miss Grant to turn around and he wants to demonstrate what this massager can do. He quickly moved to rubbing his hands on Miss Grant's upper back before reminding her that she would hear from his office about next steps in a day or two. That's pretty cringy. Sure enough, two days later, Miss Grant's contacted about further meetings at WWE. And a week later, she meets with two high-ranking human resource officers. And they're referred to in the document as human resource uh employee number one and number two. Okay. So that's how we'll refer to them. And they provide Miss Grant with her impressions about the company culture in the WWE. And they confirmed that the ball was in their court to figure out where she would fit in best. So on May 5th of 2019, Miss Grant visits McMahon's condo again after he calls her and the topic of bucket list came up and she expressed that she'd always dreamed of attending the Belmont Stakes. That was, you know, the big horse races. And that was something that was kind of on a bucket list for her. And McMahon responds he would personally acquire two tickets for her. And Miss Grant says, oh, I, you know, I can't accept that. And McMahon stands up from his chair, very statuesque, and he kneels down in front of the chair which, where uh, Miss Grant was seated. And he kind of keeps her from standing. And he leans close to Miss Grant and tells her to kiss him. So Miss Grant, she kind of pauses for a second. She's taken aback. And then she gives McMahon a kiss on the cheek. To which McMahon sighs and he says, that's not what I meant. So get this, y'all. He gets up. He kind of storms off to his bedroom and he tells her as he's storming off that he wants her. And she swiftly rejects those advances and she kind of she kind of tries to, you know, she doesn't want to lose this job. So she's trying to kind of reason with him. And she says, look, this has put me in a really bad position because I kind of need this job and you're coming on to me right now. And she pleads with McMahon to stop and think about what he's doing. So McMahon essentially starts begging her and he, he repeatedly says, look, just let me hold you. Let me hug you. And she's freaked out right now. And, you know, this is her account, y'all. But she says out of fear for her employment and, you know, she still had in the back of her head that he has this big legal team that can deal with problems. Miss Grant lays down in bed next to McMahon and kept her hands and ankles crossed. So, you know, picture this in your mind. She finally gets on that bed and she lays next to him, but she's got her legs crossed and she's got her hands uh, clasped. So that is a defense mechanism. And it it is the body's reaction to something that she doesn't want her legs uncrossed because guess what can happen when they're uncrossed, right? And uh, same thing with her hands. She doesn't have to put her hands around him if she's clasping her hands together. And that she probably wasn't even thinking about that. That's the body's reaction to what's going on. And she says, okay, you can... You can hug me, but that's as far as it's going. So they're laying in bed and he's hugging her and she's 
you know, this is, you know, in her account, very uncomfortable. And she's trying to make small talk about WWE storyline. So she had been starting to watch wrestling, considering she might be working in that field. And she's doing anything to take the topic off of sex, right? Which is what he's wanting. So she starts talking about storylines. I mean, man suggests she should watch the next episode of Monday Night Raw and text him before the broadcast. And she says, okay, I'll do that. And he then turns to her in the bed. He forcibly kisses her, and he begins to pull the strap uh, on her sweater down. And Miss Grant then sits up and says she needs to leave and had a lot to process, and she just leaves. So the next day, she... She had agreed to watch that Raw, and she does that, and she texts McMahon right before the show, and she says, hey, wish you know, wish you well tonight. And she was shocked when he appears on the show, and he texts her back in the middle of the live broadcast, and he says, that was a very nice message. Made me smile. That was his response. So what's he doing? He's trying to impress her here. And he's trying to let her know, hey, you're on my mind, even though I've got 100 million other things that should be on my mind because of this huge production. Then on May 9th of 2019, he texts Miss Grant and he says she'll have a job at WWE by that Friday. You know, this excited text. And then the next day, human resource employee number two calls Miss Grant and he tells her that corporate officer number four would contact her at 4 o'clock p.m. to discuss a legal role. So after her call with corporate officer number four, Miss Grant sends McMahon a thumbs-up text message indicating the call went well. And that's important, y'all. She didn't text him words. It was just kind of a thumbs up. So it's to me, it's apparent at this point that it's getting a little bit cringy for her. She's trying to, it seems like she's trying to avoid that personal relationship that they were having and communicate with him as little as possible without offending him. So that's why she just sends a thumbs up in my view. So around 7 p.m. that same day, WWE corporate officer number four unexpectedly calls her a second time, and he formally offers her the job, and he says, hey, you know, you're hired. Welcome to the WWE. This big moment for this lady, right? So on May 11th of 2019, McMahon invites Miss Grant to his condo again, and he asks her to lay in bed with him before informing her that he had ordered WWE corporate officer number four to offer her the job, even though the job description had not been firmed up beyond a high-level summary. So essentially telling her, we've got you a job. We don't exactly know what you're going to be doing, but it's going to be high-level and uh, all of that. And he's, he's telling her to lay in the bed with him while he's telling her this stuff. What a dick. Now, obviously, she's excited, you know, this long-awaited employment and financial security that she had been wanting, and she tells McMahon that there seemed to be a conflict between his doing this and his warning to Miss Grant that no one can know about their closeness. And he kind of laughs about this, and he says, it's my company. (laughs) Then McMahon undresses down to his briefs. And while Miss Grant remains clothed, 
he begins kissing Miss Grant and inserting his hands into her pants without consent. So he starts fingering her in his underwear out of the clear blue sky during all of this discussion on her job. She doesn't really go beyond that as to what happened, but it doesn't go any further. I, I guess she, she, you know, got up, got out of the bed. So on May 16th of 2019, McMahon informs Miss Grant that he had ta- he obtained two tickets to the Belmont Stakes, and it's scheduled for June 8th of 2019. Knight in shining armor, right? He This was a bucket list thing for her. He calls her. He says, hey, I got two tickets for you. It's going way beyond employee-owner relationship, right? So on May 17th of 2019, uh, Miss Grant receives an offer letter from the WWE for an entry-level job as a legal administrative coordinator, a a job with a $75,000 salary to start. And shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? I love that. You sound like, it's that time of year there, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well, have you tried Astro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? Astro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this, and you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use Astapro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those rows, playing my stuff. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. Looking for a new and healthier way to unwind? I was too, and then I tried Recess Mood. Recess Mood replaced that after-dinner alcoholic beverage for me, so I saw a difference in both my mood and my belly. It's made with real fruit, it is only 20 calories, and it contains no added sugar. Recess Mood is infused with functional ingredients like mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens, so you can relax without the alcohol or the hangovers. Recess Mood tastes great, too, and comes in four different flavors. My favorite flavor is the Strawberry Rose. So whether you need a moment away from the errands, work, and kids, or you just need a moment to chill during dinnertime chaos, Recess Mood is where it's at whenever you need to relax and unwind. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash RLRC and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. And uh, she's excited, I'm sure, about this. And then on May 18th of 2019, McMahon summons Miss Grant to his condo. 
And she brings a printed copy of the offer letter to review with him. And McMahon informed Miss Grant that her new boss, a WWE employee who worked in risk and government relations, which is referred to as WWE employee number one in this document, was a decades-long family friend and confidant, similar in age to McMahon and one of a small original group. And he calls that group the Titan family. And he says they helped the WWE expand from a regional promotion to a global juggernaut. And he states that outside of his attorney, WWE employee number one was the most feared figure in the company because WWE employee number one usually fired employees. And beyond that, he kind of offers little detail about WWE employee number one's role in WWE. Instead, he focused on that person's personal traumas. And he explains that similar to Miss Grant, that employee uh, had no family left and that employee number one spouse passed away and that the McMahons and WWE were pretty much all WWE employee number one had as far as family. He also touts that WWE employee number one's loyalty is second to none. And he says that, hey, this guy will be able to protect you. And as he says that, he leads her to his bedroom and he looks at her and he says, please don't stop this. So it was during that meeting on May 18th of 2019 that Miss Grant says she felt coerced into engaging in sexual activity and that McMahon had trapped her in an impossible situation. She obviously feared adverse career and personal consequences, but even more than that, it was the legal retaliation if she declined his advances. McMahon stated that this is what I have been waiting for. McMahon then lays her on the bed, spreads her legs, and begins performing oral sex on Miss Grant. Miss Grant then says, you need to use protection. And McMahon responded that there was no need to worry because he was clean. Miss Grant at this point uh, felt Used, She felt used for his gratification in, in her words in this document. And she goes numb and she was unable to make eye contact. She just basically went into this whole other world. McMahon then flips on his back and says, okay, jack him off. So basically, he didn't have a condom, and she's like, if you don't have a condom, we're not doing anything, and he flips over and he says, well, then you're going to jack me off. And, you know, obviously, she says she was disturbed by this non-consensual sexual encounter, and she hoped that McMahon would stop advancing 
towards her sexually, but his advances continued and it left her to fulfill his demands or lose her job. That's how she felt. So let's stop right here for a second and talk about that. It's easy to say, why didn't she just leave? This was a single woman with absolutely no family, no kids. Her Both her parents died. She didn't have a job. She suddenly gets this job with a $75,000 offer after searching for a while for a job. Uh, And she was just in a tough position. This is what I think. And she felt very intimidated. This guy's a billionaire. And let me tell you something. When you got that kind of money, you can make people totally disappear. She may have been in fear of her life, not just from a legal aspect, but just in fear of her life in general. She was just giving in. She felt very pressured and, and scared, I, I would imagine. So uh, on June 16th of 2019, the day before starting at WWE, Miss Grant attempted to shut down any further uh, physical contacts or sexual encounters by admitting to McMahon her unhappiness and concern starting her first job in his legal department, no less while in a physical relationship with him. So she she tries to turn around on him and say, look, I mean, she's trying to let him down easy. She's saying, I, let's not sleep together anymore because I'm working in your legal department and I'm sleeping with the owner of the company and it's just not right. She requests that they end any physical relationship, but says we can remain friends And that way, neither one of us are at risk. That's kind of how she voices that. And McMahon says, bullshit. He kind of refuses that. And he says that it's not ending and it did not need to and that he did not ever envision it ending. Then he reminds her that he trusts her. And he basically says, your silence is very important and brushed off any concerns that she was struggling with the feeling of her job was not earned the proper way it was earned through sex. That's the way she kind of verbalized all this to him. And he says, I could care less your thoughts on it. It's not stopping. And he tells her that all she needed to do is not tell anyone. And then it'll all look legit. He then kind of spins the conversation and he tells Miss Grant to focus on the positives and embrace life that was about to change for her. He says, look, look on the positive side. You've got this money. This is what you've always wanted. You have a job now. It's secure. And he attempts to manipulate her by emphasizing she's about to start an adventure and gain a new family with the WWE. And that will replace the family that she lost. So he's trying to appeal to her emotional side. And ultimately, Miss Miss Grant's Attempt to like shut all this down was totally thwarted and uh, it just didn't work. So on June 17th of 2019, she reports to WWE headquarters and it's her first day of work. It's in the legal department and they have this huge headquarters, y'all. It's many, many stories tall and they have attorneys and glass offices and they have support staff in these cubicles with low walls and tall monitors and all this is you know, very impressive to her. In this particular department, it was quiet and small compared to some of the departments in the WWE. So it was easy to kind of overhear conversations, right? And Miss Grant was immediately surprised that there was not much work supplied to her. 
she basically got in her office and she's just kind of sitting there with not a whole lot to do. Uh, but she sees all these employees around her and they're like bogged down with freaking work. And she's just kind of sitting in this office. As a matter of fact, the only time her phone kind of overflowed was with text messages from Vince McMahon, these controlling and sexually charged text messages reminding her of both his power over her and the fact that he was watching her, surveilling her, if you will. So her work colleagues in that department who had no idea, you know, what was going on, they're sharing uh, stories with Miss Grant and they're kind of trying to help her along. And, and they say, hey, you can kind of shadow us and learn how we do things and, and all of that. But no one ever mentioned to her how unusual the title of administrator coordinator was. And she didn't even meet employee number one until her second week of employment. And WWE employee number one, he was a lively individual who frequently hung out uh, in the legal department. Think of him as a gossip person, right? So he would go in there and hang out and tell stories of what's going on in the WWE. Anytime that McMahon's name was mentioned, WWE employee number one, and if you remember, uh, that's the guy that McMahon said was with McMahon since the beginning and, and was his most trusted confidant. Anytime McMahon's name was mentioned, employee number one would turn to Miss Grant with a smile, a finger point, or a comment that drew attention to her connection with McMahon. So he was letting her know, I know y'all are fucking, right? And um, she got just that feeling. He even made a comment one time while they were talking about something with McMahon. He looks at her and he says, she knows what I'm talking about. And Miss Grant was taught words to live by in WWE, including we do what's in best interest of the company. Protect the business was another one. And if McMahon wants something, the answer isn't no, but rather how quickly can we make that happen? WWE employee number one also impressed on Miss Grant that job titles don't mean anything in the WWE. If you were in his inner circle, you were taken care of. That's the point he was trying to get across. WWE employee number one was seldom in the office and uh, didn't really require a whole lot of administrative support, which is what Miss Grant was supposed to be doing. And Miss Grant reported indirectly to another WWE employee within that legal department. And he, that person is referred to as employee number two, who provided her with occasional projects. So every once in a while, he would give her some projects related to talent appearances and even the XFL, which is something that Vince McMahon, it was kind of a knockoff of the NFL that was unsuccessful that Vince McMahon bought this company and uh, tried to make it compete against the NFL. Never worked out, but uh, Miss Grant, at one point worked for the XFL division of the WWE. Now, based on her hiring alone, WWE corporate officer number four was on notice that there was something different about Miss Grant and namely her connection to McMahon. He's kind of figuring out something's going on. And as Miss Grant feared and had expressed to McMahon prior uh, she was unhappy that the spotlight was kind of put on her before she ever set foot in the office. People are already gossiping, right? 
Uh, Miss Grant immediately noticed that WWE corporate officer number four was really friendly with other colleagues, but he was kind of cold towards her. Didn't really talk to her. Almost like he knew that she didn't earn her position except for one way in his mind. And corporate officer number four's behavior, y'all, it shifts from cold to freaking hostile. Uh, if Miss Grant walked into a room while he was laughing with colleagues, corporate officer number four's expression bec- would become totally blank and he would just walk away. So she knew this guy don't like me. And if WWE corporate officer number four, Miss Grant walked towards each other in the hallway, he would stop and he would literally change direction. I mean, she knew that he knew something was going on and that she didn't earn that job, in his opinion. Colleagues, they noticed this shift in behavior as well, and some would comment on it to Miss Grant. They'd basically say, oh, yeah, he don't like you. Look look what he's doing. He's walking away every time you come around. And so she's obviously feeling very uncomfortable. But she took her employment seriously. And McMahon continued a pattern of sending these sexually charged text messages throughout the work week. So he's constantly texting her dirty shit. Let's just say that. And basically, in these text messages, he's alluding in a very grooming sort of way that these advanced, you know, these text messages, if you respond uh, in a negative way, it's probably going to mean your job. Right, so she feels no really recourse except to respond in kind. So she's placating him, for lack of a better word. I mean, look, y'all, whether you agree with it or not, or not, this woman had no family, no kids, and needed a job. And you've got the owner of the largest sports entertainment company in the world. You're placating him because you're you know you don't want to starve to death, right? So. From all of this, she begins to experience these panic attacks. It literally bothers her so much. She's having panic attacks in the office. Uh, Physically, she's feeling totally drained all the time. And she texts her friend, resident manager, as it's referred to. And she says, you should see the way that people look at me when I'm having an attack. But while her coworkers notice, no one dares to get involved. So they see that she's something's not right with her, but no one says anything to her. They don't want to get involved in all that. They're probably used to it, right? So in the summer of 2019, McMahon's presence becomes all-consuming in her life. McMahon is just kind of always around her. In the office, she feels monitored and surveilled by McMahon, uh, and this does nothing to help her panic attacks, right? She's feeling pressured all the time. And outside of the office, McMahon sexualizes her entirely. He no longer refers to her as a friend and stopped talking to Miss Grant outside of, of basically sexting her. So all their conversations, it wasn't friendly anymore. He's sexting her and he's talking about fantasies. And any non-sexual text related to like life, He wouldn't even respond. If it didn't have to do with fucking, he didn't respond to it. That's all he wanted to talk about. So what's that tell you? Does he care about this woman? He wants her to send him explicit photographs. So he starts texting her. He says, you know, send me naked pictures. 
And he says that's part of her sexuality and she needs to embrace it. What's he doing? He's, he's rewiring her. He's rewiring her mind right here. And given the control that McMahon had over her employment, she feels compelled to comply. And so she starts placating this and she's sending new photos to McMahon's mobile device. And Miss Grant was routinely assured that, hey, these are going to remain private. I'm not going to show these to anybody. Um, it's part of our, he would call it, secret world. So McMahon begins to degrade Miss Grant at this point. He calls her his bitch. And he hints at a fascination with having other people watch them engage in sex. So basically, McMahon's got this whole other side to him where he's, you know, obviously wanting someone to be absolutely and 100% submissive in his property. And that's what she's becoming. She details encounters during which McMahon caused Miss Grant to sustain physical, physical injuries, y'all including bleeding and pain and forceful use of sex toys. Despite Miss Grant's plea to stop any of this further sexual activity, the sexual encounters actually increase, and McMahon's physical aggression increases with them. So what's he doing? Every time they meet to have sex, he's pushing it further and further. It's like a kid, right? The more you give in, the more they take because they're wanting to find out where that line is. He's trying to find that line with her that he can't cross and he ain't come across it yet. Now, McMahon was most aggressive when using the certain sex toys named after WWE wrestlers and performers. And he was most aggressive when he would use those with her. And he named the sex toys so that the color of the toy matched the race of the wrestler. For example, if it was a black dildo, uh, it'd be named after an African-American wrestler. And a white dildo would be named after a Caucasian wrestler. So he was very color conscious with his sex toy choices of names, to say the least. And in addition to his infatuation with pretending that other men and look, y'all, namely, certain WWE talent were in the room with them, this was yet another incremental step towards desynthesizing her, uh, meaning Miss Grant, to his fantasy. She's trying to re he's trying to rewire her completely into this just total sex slave of his. And so they're using these sex toys and he's saying, uh, you know, I'm not gonna reenact it but he's basically wanting her to pretend that these are people that he actually knows and employs and eventually uh demands that she perform sexual acts for or have sexual contacts with others within the wwe so how did he start off let's talk about that for a second he starts off with the sex toys and then somewhere during all of this he tells her, okay, I want you to have sex with actual wrestlers. But he started off with the sex toys and saying, pretend like these were the wrestlers. That's grooming, y'all. So during a David versus Goliath type wrestling match in 2019, Miss Grant shares with Miss McMahon her thoughts on the event, right? They get together. She says, you know, here's 
what I think about it. She says, you know, rooting for the underdog I thought was a great thing. And she kind of gives ideas for future events. She's trying to make this professional. McMahon, he compliments her for her creative input. And she believes she was taken seriously until McMahon named a dildo after the smaller wrestler and attempted to sexualize the situation. So he says, that's a great idea. Yeah, we should root for the underdog. And if that was Wrestler X, he then takes a dildo and says, pretend like you're fucking Wrestler X. Bruh. Seriously? So by the fall of 2019, uh, McMahon frequently, you know, presses for these nude videos now. He's went from, look, he went from nude pictures to now nude videos. Y'all seeing a pattern here? So Miss Grant says, oh, I'm not sending videos. You know, she's kind of trying to draw a line. And he says, you can trust me. Just send them. And he also reminds her of his power and influence. He even mentions meeting with the Saudi crown prince just prior to this particular text conversation. He's trying to remind her of his power. You're going to do what I tell you to do, right? So McMahon kind of tightens his grip on Miss Grant and uh, she starts having even more panic attacks. She she uh, begins experiencing increasingly severe physical, mental and emotional symptoms. She can't sleep. She has dizziness. She's tired all the time. She's even breaking out in rashes. Uh, She starts losing her hair. Migraines. I mean, this is not good. And it's just November of 2019, and Miss Grant informs McMahon that her doctor says her symptoms are related to trauma and ongoing stress. What do you think McMahon said to that? Well, he mocks her, of course, because she's his property. And he says, emotional trauma, my ass. However... On November 20th, he insists to miss that Miss Grant see a physician of his choosing. So he says, your doctor's full of shit. Go to my doctor, someone that's on my payroll, right? And this physician, we're going to, it's referred to in this document as celebrity doctor. And the facility that celebrity doctor operated is referred to as alternative clinic. So be aware of that. So McMahon and Celebrity Doctor, they assure Miss Grant that her bills at Alternative Clinic would be taken care of under McMahon's account. Don't worry about it. I got it. I love you. I'm concerned about you, right? And and that, after that first initial visit, it becomes apparent to Miss Grant that McMahon and Celebrity Doctor want Miss Grant to remain in the care of Celebrity Doctor. And Miss Grant, she kind of feels pressured to do so. So he says, see, you need... And look, let me let me stop it right here and tell y'all something. You know why he did that? He did that because he wants to know what she's bitching about. He wants to be he wants to have a heads up on, hey, she's coming here and she's saying this and that. And he wants to be aware of that, because if it's not celebrity doctor taking care of her, if it's another doctor and she lets it slip that all this is going on, all hell is going to break loose to him. And he can't let that happen. That's why he did that. So Celebrity Doctor uh, made comments that McMahon had saved her life. This is a doctor, but he's on McMahon's payroll. That's his boy. 
So he's looking out for McMahon. He says, hey, look, McMahon saved your life, and he's trying to kind of rewire her that all this is okay. If it weren't for Vince McMahon, you'd be starving to death, right? To tell you how uncomfortable she was, she couldn't even make eye contact with Celebrity Doctor during their initial sessions. That's an, Look, y'all, that's an obvious sign of trauma. When you can't make eye contact, it's obvious sign of trauma. So Miss Grant acknowledges having a relationship with McMahon during these visits with Celebrity Doctor, and he doesn't even really react to it. As a matter of fact, he tells her McMahon saved her, and there were many different paths to God and love. Isn't Celebrity Doctor nice? So Celebrity Doctor lavished attention, treatments, and products on Miss Grant, all of which were paid for under McMahon's account. So he's covering all this stuff. And Miss Grant was never provided with any receipts or anything like that. And when she asked about these treatments that he was giving her, Celebrity Doctor challenged her on whether she trusted Celebrity Doctor. So he's basically saying, why are you asking me? Why, why are you asking me why you're taking this pill? I'm the doctor. You just take it. You don't trust me? Damn, that's manipulative, y'all. I ain't taking shit without asking somebody what I'm taking. That ain't going to happen. Each session, y'all, lasted about an hour. She would leave, and she was, like, drained, exhausted, because he would do these deep dives into her personal and her work life, and she just felt, you know, it was bringing up a lot of bad shit, and she just felt, like, white after these sessions. So on January 30th of 2022, WWE releases a uh, or issued a press conference, and they announced that uh, co-presidents of the company at that time, a guy named George Berrios and a, and a lady named Michelle Wilson, were departing the company and no longer serve on its board of directors. During that time, when that was announced, WWE stock like tanked because they were they were studs, right? Both George and Miss Michelle, and. Um, so the public looked at this as a problem, that they were leaving the stock tanks, and they announced that Frank Riddick Jr., who was a member of the board of directors for more than 11 years, would be the CFO, and he would report directly to McMahon. And on February 3rd, McMahon, McMahon sends a message to Ms. Grant, and he says, there's a lot of rumors circulating about me and you. That's what he says in that message. And he warns Miss Grant that these rumors were not good for either of them. Then on February 10th, without any advance warning, Miss Grant temporarily relocates to the XFL again. And Miss Grant, having been desperate to escape the feeling of being trapped in her existence with the WWE, she applies to remain in the XFL because she's kind of away from that wrestling side. She's a little bit detached from McMahon at this point, and she likes it. On March 6th of 2020, she openly vocalizes her desire to remain with the XFL to friends that she works with. And she even says her, when she's working on the WWE side of things, it's kind of like nothingness. And she sought permission from her boss to transfer. And that was uh, employee number one and corporate officer number four. So days after this, she tells McMahon about her application to remain with the XFL. She basically says, you know, I'm just happier on this side of things. And her request, denied. Nope. You're not doing it. I can't control you there. 
right? So in the weeks that followed, despite McMahon's warnings about rumors and for Miss Grant to play dumb, was his quotes, he began showing explicit photos of Miss Grant to people both inside and outside of the WWE. And on March 26, he sends a lengthy message to Miss Grant describing in detail the circumstances surrounding sharing these explicit photos of Miss Grant to a former WWE referee. McMahon describes how WWE referee left to masturbate and told Miss Grant she had made a perfect stranger happy. WTF, y'all. Miss Grant initially dismissed this as mere fantasy talk. So she says, you know, this is, he wouldn't actually do that. He's doing that to try to see if he can like rile me up. But she voiced apprehension apprehension about McMahon to sharing naked photos of her with someone uh, she really didn't know that well. And McMahon's response was not to comfort her. In other words, he didn't say, you know what, you're right. I shouldn't have shared them with somebody you didn't know that well. Instead, he says, oh, that WWE referee, he's loyal to me. He's not going to say anything to anybody. I just want to give him those to masturbate. (laughs) You can't make this shit up, y'all. So the sharing of the explicit photos, you know, it scared the heck out of her. Because she's like, how many other people has he showed he hasn't told me about? And um, she starts to figure out, man has (laughs) what you would call a lack of self-control. And it further scared her that these private and intimate photos, which included her face, were being shared with complete strangers, people she didn't even know, never met. So she's walking past people, and I guarantee you she's wondering, have you seen me naked? You know. So on March 30th of 2020, McMahon messages Miss Grant, the WWE referee, oh, he showed a friend a naked photo of you. She's mortified. Totally. Then on March 31st, Miss Grant expressed concern to McMahon that she had no intention of having sex with these strangers. He had, you know, he he was trying to get her to have sex with friends and shit that she didn't even know. She says, I have no intention of doing that. And um, she wanted McMahon to make that clear to the people he was showing these pictures to. She felt threatened and distressed by the responses her pictures were getting, and she made it clear she didn't want the perception of her moving beyond the point of mere fantasy. Shortly after, McMahon surprised Miss Grant with the news that he had protected her job from a furlough at the WWE, and uh, the furlough affected a large number of employees, but he tells her, hey, I personally made sure that your job was safe. Manipulative. The most important figure in Miss Grant's life, basically, is, you know, and he's meticulously trying to assert power and control over every aspect of Miss Grant's life. And she feels intensified over the consequences that could result from his actions, particularly by sharing her naked pictures. She becomes totally paranoid. She thinks everybody's done seeing her naked, right? Freaks her out. In May of 2020, McMahon recruited an individual who he referred to as his friend to engage in a threesome. 
with McMahon and Ms. Grant. The friend turned out to be McMahon's physical therapist at an alternative clinic. So we'll refer to them as physical therapists. To induce Ms. Grant's participation in the threesome, he refers to Ms. Grant as his girlfriend. And he starts sending her flowers. Nevertheless, on May 8th, 2020, she expresses apprehension. She doesn't want to do this threesome. In response, McMahon insisted that I've already told him. I've already told him this was going down. And he says he would lose a friendship if she did not go through with it. How messed up is that, y'all? He he wants her to feel bad because he's going to lose a friend because she won't participate in a threesome with him. So on the day of the threesome, which was May 9th, the next day, Miss Grant showed up to the condo and reiterates she didn't want to go through with it, right? She tells him, I really don't want to do this. She expressed fear for being thrown around like a rag doll by McMahon and the physical therapist. After Miss Grant makes it clear that she wants to back out, McMahon responds by telling her for the first time, y'all ready for this? That he loved her. And it stunned her into silence. Stunder. So McMahon's manipulative tactic there results in the outcome he wanted. And he leads her down the stairs to the bedroom where the physical therapist was already waiting to begin the threesome. McMahon immediately directed Miss Grant to lay down on her back in a supplicating position. While straddling over her, McMahon defecates on Miss Grant's head. I'm going to let you think about that for a second. Then he leaves to shower off, but he instructs Miss Grant to remain in place with excrement in her hair and to continue performing for his friend. While Miss Grant requested protection, none was offered. McMahon and the physical therapist actively continued with the threesome and directed Miss Grant's sexual performance for around an hour and a half while she was left covered in feces. Following the threesome on May 11th, 2020, McMahon sends an explicit message to Miss Grant that further detailed his fantasies of seeing her Engaged in sex with others. And I'm going to read you that text. I love it. That's you, Janelle. You just can't get enough, can you? In the future, it's going to be so bad, you'll demand to be fucked twice a day. And not just with blank in a three-way. 
Why not let others see the beautiful, voluptuous body and watch you shake uncontrollably when you come? They'll go out of their minds. I'll find you more friends and we'll tie you up so you're helpless. I'll direct them to have their way with you any way they want. Who can make you scream the loudest? Maybe I'll just line them up and then have them squirt in your mouth. Your pussy all over your tits and ass all at the same time. You'll be covered in cum and will make you eat it all out and taste everybody's cum. The next morning, you'll be a little sore, but you're still going to want more. After all that, fucking over and over, I'll be happy. I'm going to leave that right there today, but I'm not going to make you wait a week. I'm going to drop the other episode tomorrow. I've been a fan of the WWE my entire life. This shit is disgusting, and, and it's important to note and mention, and I'll do it again. I did it at the beginning of this episode. This is a lawsuit against Vince McMahon. It has not been adjudicated. He has not been found guilty. It could all be bullshit. But this isn't the first time these accusations have came up, or the second, or the third, for that matter. Um, if even a grain of this were true, this guy needs to be in jail, in my opinion. He's sick. So... Thank you for listening, and uh, I'm your host, Jim Chapman. We'll see you next time. Peace. Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.